This episode of The Incubator is proudly sponsored by Kiesi. <laughs> I have a few interesting uh, papers. And I guess the one I am going to start with is this one. Um, it's called, let me pull up my notes. It's called, it's a paper that I saw in JAMA PEDS. It's called Association Between Neonatal Intensive Care Unit Type and Quality of Care in Moderate and Late Preterm Infants. First author is Elizabeth Salazar. Um, I think the data they're presenting is coming out of Vaughn. I think the team, um, the I think the the team is out of Chop, and um, yeah, I think so. Let me just make sure before I assign people to divisions that they do not belong to, but that is correct. And <laughs> basically, this paper is looking at moderate and late preterm infants. They start off by saying the things that we kind of know. They represent a large proportion of preterm birth in the U.S., up to about like 80%. We tend to forget that sometimes. And they wanted to look a little bit at uh, the way they work. These infants, who we tend to sort of shrug off, and I'll have like a little essay that I want to read at the end, maybe that will um, mm -hmm. remind us not to shrug off certain things. They, they talk about the, the different levels of care that we can be provided in, in the different NICUs. So... Uh, as, as a reminder, the, 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 they mentioned the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, guidelines on neonatal levels of care, stating that basically level one NICUs, which are called, well, newborn nurseries, really uh, should be capable of caring for infants born between 35 and 37 weeks. And that once you have anything more immature than that, like uh, you would need a special care nursery, i.e. level two, that can take care of infants born at 32 weeks uh, of gestation or greater. Now, um, moderate to late preterm infants are born at all different types of hospitals and they're saying under and they're they're saying understanding where um mlps moderate to late preterm infants receive optimal care is an opportunity to improve outcomes for this population i love that i think uh this is very um uh, disruptive in 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 thinking and so I, I like it the objective of the study was to evaluate the association between NICU type with the quality of care delivered to the MLPs the moderate to late preterm infants who require NICU admission compared compared with and the comparison group is an interesting one with extremely and very preterm infants so when I read the background I was like oh that's that's, that's an interesting control group so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go through some of the things and the methods to uh, understand how they they did the study. It was a cohort study. They looked at data from January 2016 to December 2020, and they basically looked at data from the Vermont Oxford Network database. If you are not familiar, this is a voluntary database that a lot of units participate in, and they have a ton of data. They excluded from this study any babies with congenital anomalies, deaths in the delivery room, or within 12 hours of NICU admission, one or more transfers, implausible values for birth weight. I thought that was an interesting exclusion criteria, which they basically defined as a <laughs> birth weight less than 200 grams or more than four standard deviations from the mean gestational age uh, and mm -hmm. sex. So then the babies were divided into two groups, right? So you had your MLPs, your moderate to late preterm infants, 30 to 36 weeks gestation primary focus of the study. And then you had your extremely and very preterm infants, 25 to 29 weeks. And they were used as a reference group and national validation of previous study. The primary outcome were gestational age-specific quality measures. 
the outcomes for extremely and very preterm infants was uh, uh, was assessed by the baby measure of neonatal intensive care outcome research. For moderate to late preterm, the outcome was MLP quality measures based on this same. Ba- so it's, this is the acronym for this. Uh, baby measure of neonatal intensive care outcome research is baby monitor. That's what the the acronym is. And they basically adapted this score for the moderate to late preterm population. If you're like me, I don't know what the baby, (laughs) I didn't know what the baby monitor score was. And uh, I almost looked it up, but thankfully I actually downloaded the paper, but the, the authors actually give you a brief explanation. So the baby monitor measures uh, infant level process and outcomes. So <clears throat> for our very preterm, it means no admission hypothermia, no healthcare associated infections, discharge on some form of human milk, uh, administration of antenatal steroids, timely retinal examinations, survival to hospital discharge, no non-surgically induced pneumothoraces, meaning sometimes surgeons have to create a pneumothorax for, I don't know, surgical uh, interventions in and around the head and neck. So spontaneous kinds of pneumothoraces, no chronic lung disease, and um, the growth velocity. Okay. Now, when they adjusted that for the moderate to late preterm, they just made minor changes. We still have no admission hypothermia, no CLABSI healthcare-associated infection, discharge on some form of human milk, survival to discharge, no non-surgical induced pneumothorax, no oxygen at 28 days of life or at discharge. And then they looked at change in weight Z-score. And the other one that they introduced is the no extreme length of stay. Do you hear that one? No extreme length of stay. This will be an important one. Um, well, it and, seems like they're just trying to get rid of the outliers. Mm-hmm. And they published these. Uh, so these scores, if you're interested, there's papers that you can download and read more about them. Now, how does Vaughn classify NICUs? I was not aware of that. So they have basically uh, three, four types. They have type A, which is uh, type A NICUs with or without restriction for ventilation are those that do not perform neonatal surgery and transfer infants to another center for assisted ventilation based on infant characteristics, such as gestational age or duration of ventilation. Then you have the same type A NICUs without ventilation restrictions, and they're the ones that just don't perform any form of neonatal surgery, but they don't have a ventilation criteria for transfer. Then you have type B NICUs, which have no ventilation restriction. They perform neonatal surgery except cardiac. So I would say that our NICU doesn't have a cardiac surgery program. Um, so we would probably fall in that NICU where we have, we take care of, we have every, every vent mm-hmm. you can imagine. We have mm-hmm. all sorts of surgeries happening all the time, but we don't really have a cardiac uh, program. Type C is basically the highest level where there's no restriction. Like they, they do everything, including cardiac, right? So type A, type, type A without ventilation restriction, type B and type C. Okay, so on to the results. Super interesting stuff. The cohort included 376 plus thousand moderate to late preterm infants and almost like 56,000 extremely and very preterm infants cared at 465 US hospitals born between 2016 and 2020. In the cohort, 6.6% received care in a type A NICUs with restriction, 29% with in type A without ventilator restriction, 39% in type B, and 24% in type C. So it was quite quite well uh, spread around. 
for both uh, moderate to late preterm infants and extremely and very preterm infants, a higher percentage received ventilation after initial resuscitation in type C NICUs compared with infants of the same GA at type A units. So babies who were born in the higher acuity centers were more likely to get ventilation. Does that mean that because we're so comfortable doing something for sicker babies, mm. we end up doing it for less sick babies? God knows. That's just me speculating. But that's, that was a super interesting finding. The moderate to late preterm infants mm-hmm. had lower scores. Yeah, because lower, you yeah. you would – sorry, you would potentially speculate that it's the opposite. Exactly. Yeah, I agree. Um, the moderate to late preterm infants had lower – um, ma, uh, the lower MLPQM, which is the baby monitor, the, the moderate to late preterm quality metric adapted score that we just talked about earlier. So they had lower scores in the type C NICUs compared with all other types. Extremely and very preterm infants had no significant difference in their composite score by unit type, meaning it didn't really make that much of a difference when you're looking at the extreme preterm. In unadjusted and adjusted regression analysis, type C NICUs, meaning the highest level of acuity acuity NICUs, were associated with lower scores for moderate to late preterm infants compared with type A with restriction, type A without restriction, and type B units. A higher percentage of infants born at 25 to 29 weeks gestation was uh, associated with decreased scores for moderate to late preterm infants, meaning the more immature babies a unit was taking care of, the worse they did on their scores for moderate to late preterm infants. No significant differences were found uh, in extremely and very preterm infants um, by NICU type. And then the last thing I wanted to mention is that in type C NICUs, the highest acuity NICUs, moderate to late preterm infants had lower scores, specifically driven by these two factors, no extreme length of stay, which means that they stayed longer than they should have been, and the change in weight Z-score, meaning their growth was not as optimal as they could have been. The conclusions of the article, and I'll let you weigh in in a minute, is that in a national cohort of premature infants, type A and B NICUs were associated with higher care quality in moderate to late preterm infants with significant differences in no extreme length of stay and change in weight Z-score by unit type. There was no association between unit type and extremely and very preterm infant quality of care. Further identification of processes specific to units with less subspecialized cares that lead to improved ML uh, moderate to late preterm infant care quality may facilitate dissemination of these processes to other types of NICUs. We've kind of known this and we've always said it because when, I mean, we've worked yeah, in many I mean, institutions feels, where you get, right. where you get the baby that comes from the level two to the level three center, whatever. And, and we've seen this, but the paper to actually articulate that finding is fascinating. Yeah. At first I didn't really understand what they were trying to do. But I, I think the data is useful. And I mean, again, for those of us who work in a, who have worked in a level two also, and then you're in a level three, four, or, you know, the Vaughn designation of a, 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 you know, lower acuity, you can see that those late preterms or moderate preterms are getting, you know, way more observation and intensive care and uh, family updates even than they would get in um, a busy high acuity unit. And we know Mm -hmm. that those babies are still not the same as a term newborn who goes to the nursery and the families also still have significant distress, even though the admission is 
quote unquote, as we say, short and the babies are quote unquote, not that sick. Um, but it's, so it's interesting. It's interesting. The, the point you're making about um, the late pre moderate to late preterm being uh, at more at more risk than full term is something that is that is very much mentioned throughout the paper which we're very so mm -hmm. i was trying not to to confuse anybody but yeah i agree with you i mean i think in in lower acuity centers the the 33 weaker is their sickest babies and they, and they're going to watch over mm -hmm. them and the nurses are super dedicated to making sure that oh let's just go one more ml but when you're working in a 100 bed NICU and you have extremely, extremely sick babies. Could these moderate to late preterm get overlooked? And it sort of goes back to something I've been discussing mm -hmm. with you. And when you have mm -hmm. large NICUs, mm -hmm. should, shouldn't we federalize the NICUs where you become, you, you br break down your NICU of 100 bed into three smaller NICUs of 30 beds, right? Where you can actually yeah. have much more control with three directors and so on and so forth. Is that the way to go? Because um, it's it, you, when we worked, when I worked at least in NICUs that had mm -hmm. 100 plus beds, it's hard to get a sense of who's where. Like you don't know all the patients. It's 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 a it's a it's like being at a at a large busy airport. Like you you have flights coming in and out. Yeah, and, you know yeah. it's like yeah, it's like everybody's sick all the time, and you're just putting out fires. And you and I have this experience that we're at it still at a very high acuity center, but just this we're at a smaller we're in a smaller unit, and we know every patient. And when you're on call, you know the patients and you know what's their baseline and, and what's not their baseline. And you know every family. When they walk in the unit, you recognize them. You give them an update as you're walking to the bedside. You know, it's a totally different experience. Yeah. And I think um, we've seen this at sign out where when the census is like, I remember mm -hmm. when the census is like 95, 100, right? And like, you're not taking yeah. sign out on 100 patients. You're like, give me the sick ones. And and that's at night, obviously, right? That's not during the day. But that that's right. the mindset. It's like, Talk to me about the, the the twenty sick ones that I'm going to really have to work on tonight. And yeah, the uh, most I, I, likely. To and then and then the the feeder and grower. I'll look at the chart if I get called. But yeah, and so while it's not as pronounced during the day, I am sure that we try to balance the teams. You know, because we try to not have certain teams with all the acuity either. So yeah, these babies may get overlooked. Anyway, super cool paper. I'm, it's fifteen mm -hmm. minutes already. So all right, Daphna, you're up. This podcast is intended to be purely for entertainment and informational purposes and should not be construed as medical advice. If you have any medical concerns, please see your primary care professional. Thank you.